Before going on a road trip or any kind of journey, you plan your trip with a particular destination and route in mind. Why don't we do that with life? So many people have no idea where they are headed or how to get there. Thankfully, God has provided us with a roadmap and with signposts along the way to guide you along the best path for your life, the one you were made for, the life you were created to live. Journey through life. So, welcome to our morning service, to our second service of the day. And uh, we are on part two of a three-part message series. There, that's better, isn't it? That was pointing away from my face. There we go. We are on part two of a three-part message series called Journey Through Life. We started it last week. We will conclude it next Sunday. And we began last week by looking at um, what somebody's journey through life from birth and actually from before birth all the way to death and actually to after death. And so we saw, and as, as we told this story of a, a kind of like fic, fictional person's journey through life, we saw how every single one of us, even though we're all unique, we're all different, we were born into different circumstances, different cultures, different experiences in life, and yet in the key areas, we are all kind of on the same journey through life. And if we're not aware of the destination that we're going to, it's very easy for us to take a wrong turn and to end up going off track and becoming stuck in the marshes or stuck in the mud, find that our life has gone in a detour that we never intended it to go. And the problem is, if we don't have a GPS or a map or some form of guidance to guide us on our journey through life, then we're just going to have to like make things up as we go along. And we're going to have no experienced traveler to go with us and to show us when we're perhaps making a mistake. And so um, the, our journey through life, just like a road journey, just like in any road journey, as you're driving to your destination, you're hoping that every so often you're going to see a signpost. And that, that signpost is going to tell you what the next exit is, what the next city is, when the next uh, gas station is, whatever it is that you are needing, whatever guidance or information that you are needing at any moment, you're hoping that the next signpost is going to reassure you that you're on the right road, you're on the right track, you're going to get where you want to go. And so today, I want us to continue looking at our journey through life, and I want us to look at some signposts along the way. And um, there's an amazing passage in the Bible that we're going to look at in a little while, and this passage has lots of signposts that, that tell us whether we are in step with where we should be, what our next step in our journey through life should be or can warn us if 
we have gone off the, the path and taken a detour that's going to lead to hurt and pain and unhappiness in our life in some area. Before we get to that passage of Scripture, um, let me just say this. Wouldn't it be really good if there was some kind of school you could go to, and instead of it all being about learning, you know, revising information so that you can pass an exam, that school actually taught you real life practical things that will help you to identify your journey through life and what path you should be taking and will show you and educate you about the help that is available for you to take your journey through life. Wouldn't that that be great if there was a school, a school of life, a school that could actually teach you about what what you were created to be and what your journey through life should all be about and how to ensure that you get safely to your destination at the end. Well, there is a school like that and it's called the church. And that's what church is supposed to be about. It's, church is many things. It's a family. It's a community. It's a hospital for those who are sick and need to be healed. It's a training camp for those who are being enlisted in the army of the Lord. It's a temple that we're all being built together with as living stones forming one worshiping camp. So many things. But one of the things that church is supposed to be, it is supposed to be the school of life. There's a fantastic verse that uh, we're not showing it today, but it's out there on the our gateway, Discover Gateway wall. We use it a lot where it says, the Apostle Paul says, I taught you everything that was helpful. Churches are supposed to teach from Scripture and under the inspiration of God, but we're supposed to teach things in a way that, are, that they are actually helpful to your life. That if you're in a situation in life that, that you're confused, you don't know what, what step to take, you're overwhelmed by the circumstances, you need some guidance, that you're part of a community where other people have gone before you. There's other people in the community that have experienced that very difficulty that you've experienced, and they can walk alongside you. There's teaching that comes from Scripture that can both inform you and inspire you to know what step to take and to have the faith and the courage to take it. Church, both by example and by, by teaching, is supposed to be a school of life that will help you take your next steps in your journey through life. Because if you're all alone in your journey through life, yes, you've got God with you, and yes, He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you, but like it's just you and God then on your own, and you're going to have to work out everything yourself, and you might have to learn from your own mistakes. I found that it's easier to actually learn from somebody else's mistake, you know? So, like, if you see somebody hitting themselves on the head with a hammer, and they don't look like they enjoyed it, you might say to yourself, I'm never going to do that, you know? 
I think I'll just leave that one. I don't think I'll try. You know how there's always some kid in the winter that, that sticks their tongue to the, the fence post? It's like, really? Did you have to do that yourself? I mean, you watched your friend rip his, the skin off his tongue, but now you had to try it too, you know? We, God has brought us into a community. We are a family. You have older brothers and sisters who've already made all the mistakes and you can learn from their mistakes. You've got younger brothers and sisters, people that are coming to faith in Christ that you can help out as well. And together, as we listen to what the word of God teaches and we present it in a way that is practical to our everyday life, together we are the flock of God being led led by Jesus, the good shepherd, who will take us on our journey, who will make sure we are protected from wolves, that we can lay down in green pastures and beside still waters, and we can know that his rod and his staff, his word and his spirit will comfort us and protect us and guide us on our journey through life. It is so much better to be part of a community that are going on a spiritual journey than it is to be a lone ranger on your own and having to negotiate everything in life on your own. Now, when I, I want to tell you a little bit about my journey through life and how, it, how my spiritual journey began. Because when I began my spiritual journey, I was kind of like on my own. And so what happened with me was I was 18 years old and okay, I was very young, but I like, I had managed to, I had, I'd managed to do things like most people hadn't done all the things I had done until they were like 30. Like if something was a bad idea, I I was going to try it. Okay. And so every bad idea that came my way, I thought, right, I'm, I'm in for this one. Let's go for it. What does this pill do to you? I don't know. Let's try it and see what happens, you know. Every bad idea. Until eventually, around about 18 years of age, I was totally messed up. My mind was just a mess with uh, with drugs. I was suffering from anxiety. I had been taken to hospital in an emergency one night. And... and, and, uh, it's a long story, but I'll cut a long story short, and here's, here's what happened. Eventually, my mother, who didn't know what to do, called, the, uh, called her pastor, and it was a kind of liberal, old-fashioned, kind of not very exciting church, and he didn't know what to do either, and he said to her, I'll give you the number for the Baptist pastor. I don't really know him, but I know that, in the, that before he was a Christian, he was a hippie, so he probably knows all about this stuff. Maybe give him their number. So she called the Baptist pastor who said, sure, I'll come and talk to him. And she said, well, he's a chef, and he, he doesn't get off work till about 11.30 at night when the restaurant closes. And he said, I'll pick him up at the restaurant, and I'll take him home, and I'll talk to him. So she told me about this, and I thought, oh, oh. All right, if it will keep you happy and off my back, I'll go and talk to this guy. And I I had got myself into a bit of an emotional state about it beforehand. And somehow or other, I thought it was a good idea to just take a whole bunch of cocaine before he came, which was not a good idea. So he picked me up and like, I've got the jitters the whole, like I'm, you know, I I can't listen to it. I'm I'm jumping the whole time. Like, 
I mean, like, if the anxiety was bad enough before, I mean, like, this was really... And so I'm talking to him in the car, and he takes me home, and he asks me, he says, sit down on the couch. Sit down on the couch. Okay, I'll, I'll sit down here, right? I'll sit down here. I'll move about a bit over here, you know? And I seem to be moving about the couch and crossing my... And he's trying to talk to me, and everything, everything, I'm distracted by everything that's going on, and this is going to go on for, like, eight to ten hours... So he gives up. He just gives up talking to me. And he says, can I pray for you? And I say, sure. And so next thing, next thing I know, he prays, he takes my hands in his hands and he prays for me. And I thought he was praying in Latin, but he starts to speak in tongues over me. And I'm like, like I'm not into this at all. You need to know this. I am suddenly aware that a middle-aged man is holding my hands at midnight alone in his living room, okay? (laughs) And I'm like this, I I, I went out of here and I don't even know what he's saying. And as he began to pray in tongues, all of a sudden this feeling of peace, now let's see if I can get back up the way I came down, look at that, this feeling of peace came upon the top of my head and like... It felt like somebody pouring water into a cup. I just felt it going the whole way through me. And I was completely clean, completely sober, completely calm and at peace. And uh, actually, I I was so surprised, I actually took the Lord's name in vain and then apologized to him because he was a pastor and he said, it's all right, so I'll take you home. And he took me home and I went to bed and I slept like a baby and I woke up and I thought, ooh, that was... He, he, he's like got magic fingers or something like that. I don't know what that was. And he called me and he said, would you like to come to a, to a meeting I'm going to on Friday night? I said, sure. And so I went along to this meeting and um, I thought it was going to be like Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, or something like that. But it was somebody, you know, it's like, here's how to cope with your drug issues. I thought it was going to be something like that. And instead, I'm in this living room with about 35 people, all various ages, young people there as well. And, um, and I'm sitting there. And then these two guys walk in with guitars and cases. I'm like, well, are they going to serenade us or something like that? Like, what's going on here? And then this old lady with long gray hair came in holding a tambourine with long pink ribbons on it. And I thought, oh no, it's the religious nuts. It's holy rollers. It's these people you see on TV going praise the Lord and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm trapped. Like, he brought me here in a car. I don't even know where we are. And there's nothing I can do. And they got out their guitars and they started singing and everybody suddenly got really enthusiastic. Now, what amazed me was these were all normal people. Like, these, didn't, these did not look like religious people. And they start singing and clapping and I'm getting more and more embarrassed. And then I can't remember what happened. But at some point, the enthusiasm was so great, I, I suddenly found that I was standing on my feet, jumping up and down and clapping. I can even remember the song. Some of you will be old enough to remember it, put on the garments of praise for the spirit. Do you remember it? Put on the garments. That one, right. That was the one, yay. And uh, with the high praises of God in our mouth. And I'm sad, I don't even know what we're talking about. Yay. And then I suddenly realize what's happening. And I think, Martin, this is mass hysteria and religious mania. You need to pull yourself together and sit down, you know, and and. But 
There was something in the room. There was something exciting. These people were on an adventure. Life had suddenly taken on new meaning. My ears were opened. I wanted to find out what it was all about. And after a, after a few months of being, of being taken to church on a Sunday and going to these midweek meetings in homes and hearing more and more about the message of Jesus and of the Bible, one night in one of these home, home meetings, they said, does anyone want to give their life to Christ? And I put my hand straight up. I had been going for months and hearing this stuff. And I put my hand straight up and they led me in a prayer And what I didn't realize was all these people had been praying for me for six months. They had been praying. I didn't even know them. But they had been told my name and they were being prayed. And so when I turned up at the meeting, that was an answer to prayer. And now that I put my hand up, they all clapped. They were so excited because their prayers were being answered. The prayers of a community were being answered right in front of their eyes. Because prayer changes things, people. Prayer works. That's why you've got a little card on your seat today for our new message series every Sunday in the month of October, we're going to be talking about the power of prayer here and how prayer can change circumstances. It can change people. My goodness, it can even change you. Prayer changes things. And they had prayed for me and my life got turned around. And I said this, they led me in this prayer, you know, and I accept Christ as my savior and ask him to forgive my sins in Jesus name. Amen. And I was so overwhelmed by all of this that I pulled a cigarette out of my top pocket and lit it and started smoking it. You know, right in the middle of, you know. Can you imagine these people coming down for prayer today? What would you like prayer for? I've got a bad cough. (coughs) We pray that you would heal heal their cough, Lord. (sighs) Thank you for that. I mean, it would be like, (laughs) this is a church service. The the only cloud that we want is the cloud of glory, or if it's not shown today, the haze machine will do. But I mean, you know, that was all I knew to do. Thankfully, these people were not religious stuffed shirts. They were people who loved God with all their heart, and they laughed and thought it was really funny that I did this in the middle of the service. And the next day, I woke up, and I, I started a brand new job because um, the old restaurant I worked in the, had been closed down because of the of financial misdealings and all of that, and we had all lost our jobs, and the manager had ran off with all the money, and we'd lost all our jobs, and the next day, I started work at a brand new restaurant. So all of the friends that I knew, that we used to party together and go to nightclubs together and take Ill- illegal substances together and get drunk together and all of that, all of those friends, I lost them overnight. They all get scattered to different restaurants. And it was like God had arranged that for the next step of my journey, that bad influence would no longer be in my life. And I was free to start a brand new journey. And as I did this, as I went to the new, my new place of work um, in, a, in a new area, a new part of the city I didn't know, in the afternoon, once the, once the lunch shift was over, I just went out for a walk because I had no friends to hang out with. 
I went out for a walk and I'm thinking about how my life had been going out of control. And I was thinking about how last night I prayed this prayer and I asked Jesus to come into my life. And I was wondering, is this like all for real? I mean, like, is it for real? Or is this, is this true? And I said, God, are, are, is this all really true? And, and did I really pray and ask Jesus into my life? And am I really forgiven now? And am I really born again and saved? And, and I said, God, if, if you're real and all of this is real, just give me a sign. Just one sign. Give me a sign. I said, and then I turned the corner and there was a big sign, a neon sign on top of a building. And it said, Christ died for your sins. And I, I felt like the clouds had opened and the, the sun had shone down and angels said, oh, that's what it was like. I was like rooted to the spot. I thought, boy, that, that prayer got answered quick. This is real. Like, I didn't even mean a real sign, but I got a real one. And then from that moment on, I knew that God and me were all right. I knew that I had begun a new relationship with God, that he was my father and I was his child and we were on a journey together. But the problem was I knew nothing. I knew nothing about the Bible. I mean, it was like, where do you start? I didn't even know where to start reading it. The only bit I knew was from Iron Maiden. 666, the number of the beast, this feeling inside of me has got to be released. I remember that was a line from Iron Maiden. And I thought, that comes from the Bible someplace. And I found it up and read the book of Revelation. I thought, I don't have a clue what this is about. <laughs> so, you know, I had, I, I had no guidance. I had no help. I was on my own. I had God with me, but I was going to have to learn everything on my own. But the good news was, I wasn't on my own. I was part of a community now of people who had welcomed me in. I was part of a school of life. And that's what church is supposed to be. Let me show you this in the Bible now from the book of Acts, chapter 2, where we see a picture of what a church is supposed to be like. And how it's supposed to be a school of life that has lots of steps that you can take. Milestones up along the way. Markers on the highway to ensure that you are not going off track but are continuing on the right path. Look at this. Peter preached to the crowd that had gathered. God raised Jesus from the dead. And we are all witnesses of this. And now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And he is giving the gift of the Holy Spirit as the Father promised to all who believe. All the people of Israel then are to know for sure that this Jesus whom you crucified is the one that God has made Lord and Messiah. Each one of you must turn away from your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven and you will receive God's gift, the Holy Spirit. 
We have a baptism tank here under these panels. And next Sunday, as we continue our journey through life message, we are going to be baptizing people here. We're going to fill this tank with nice warm water, and we're going to be in here, and we're going to be inviting everyone who wants to take that next step in their journey through life. This, maybe, maybe you've taken the step, well, I've believed in Jesus I've put my faith in God. If you haven't done that, we're going to be saying a prayer at the end of the, of the service today where you can put your faith in God and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. But what about once you've taken that step? The next step is to be baptized. As we go down under the waters of baptism, our old life and all of our past mistakes are washed away. And as we come up out of the water and step out of of the baptismal waters, we are saying, I am now taking the next steps in my journey through life. Look, many of them believed his message and were baptized. And about 3,000 people were added to the group that day. Everyone shout, added to the group. Come on. See, they didn't just put their faith in Jesus, they were added to the group. It wasn't just believe in Jesus and now you're on your own and you're going to have to like negotiate your own way through life. It was become part of the family, become a member of the community, become one of the sheep in the flock that the good shepherd Jesus is leading. Let, come on and travel with us. You don't need to be on your own. Join the school of life. And look, let's look at the next bit. What happened in the school of life? It says they devoted themselves to learning from the apostles. To learning, to information, being schooled, feeding on the the truths of Scripture and learning and growing. That's why we, here on Sundays, we teach messages and we teach them in series so that you can learn step by step and bit by bit each week. But it's not the only place you can learn. You know, we have our Gateway Academy, which is starting soon if you want to learn at a deeper level. We have our Alpha course. If you feel like a beginner or a novice at these things and you want to learn the basics of the Christian faith and how it applies to your life, we've got so many ways that we can learn. But they learned, they, they, they took in teaching. And also taking part in fellowship and sharing in fellowship meals and in prayers. Just like today, we had prayer going on down the front here. And prayer is such an important milestone on our journey through life. And if you don't know how to pray or feel out of your depth with prayer, that's why being in a group with other people is so helpful, where people can support you and uphold you in prayer. And that's why we have fellowship groups. We have small groups. We have groups that meet in homes and groups that meet here at the building. We've got men's groups and women's groups and, 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 and groups that do activities together. And we've got teams that you can get involved in and seminars you can go to. There are so many things that go on here in Gateway throughout the week, both in the building and elsewhere, 
that you can get connected to, to be part of a small community of fellowship and friendship that will help you on your journey through life. And they had meals together. You know, the people who came to the first service today got a breakfast sandwich afterwards. The people who come to the second service, you're getting a hamburger after the service. I actually heard that some of you also took the breakfast sandwich on the way in. You, to quote the Bible, you were blessed coming in and blessed going out. I think you took that verse about receiving a double portion too literally there, you know. But there, there's going to be food. Hang about after the service. Fellowship with people. Eat together. Talk together. Go to our interest party that is going to be taking place in the office and find out. Talk to people and find out about all of our groups and ministries. Maybe you like country music. There's a cowboy service starting soon. Go and find out about it. Maybe it's the Alpha Course or a men's group you want to join. Maybe you want to be part of our hospitality team. Go, and, go into the interest party and ask about what's available. Maybe you've never been baptized. Go to our Discover Gateway wall, the big orange wall, and talk to people there after the service and ask them about baptism. Maybe you're a young person in senior high or junior high, and you want to be part of a community, but a community of people your age as you go into the foyer today, you will see the Accelerate Youth booth set up. Go there and talk to the team and find out what our youth do. There are so many things today to find out about after the service, these things that we do here. Now, they prayed, and what happened when they prayed? Their prayers were answered. Their prayers were answered, and many miracles and signs were done through the apostles. And everyone was filled with awe. And all the believers continued together in close fellowship and shared with one another and helped each other out according to their needs. Day after day, they met as a group in the temple for us, that would be coming to the church building and followed by meals at home. Every meal, a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. Do you know, I, I know what it's like to go through tough times. And I know sometimes when you're going through a tough situation in your life, you don't feel very exuberant or joyful. But sometimes that is a sign to us that we've taken a detour off of the highway of life and down to self-pity avenue, you know? And you need to turn around, and it's especially when you don't feel like it, you need to turn around and get on the highway of praise once again. There is something, listen, Get to church on time, people. Don't come strolling in, chewing, chewing gum halfway through the worship and then saying, I never really got anything out of it today. Because you never put anything into it. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. Some days I don't feel like preaching. That might surprise you. But some days I think, yeah, I'm not going to church today. I think I'll just stay in bed. 
Some days I need a bit of a... But you know what I find? That when you realize that celebrating and being exuberant and being joyful and praising God is one of the signposts that you're on the right path of life. And just like that story I told you, I got caught up in all the exuberance. I wasn't even a believer yet. And I was getting all caught up in the exuberance and the joy. And do you want to know something? It felt good. Apart from the fact I was embarrassed because I was so self-conscious, it felt good. It felt like there's something exciting about life. Life has meaning. Life has purpose. It's not just, we're not just drifting aimless. There's a God and he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us and guide. This is the best news I've ever heard. I want to celebrate and be exuberant and be joyful and praise the Lord. How about you, church? That's one of the signs. And look at this for the understatement of the year. People in general liked what they saw. <laughs> now, what's happening down the road there? Oh, a, a bunch of terrorists blew up that building. Oh, I don't like that. I don't want to be part of that group. What about what's happening down here? Well, these people are all protesting about something. What are they protesting about? None of them know, actually. Just the media told them to protest. So they're all protesting. And if you hang about here, it'll become a riot in an hour. Yeah, I don't want to be part of that group. What's happening over there? These people are celebrating something. They're exuberant. They're joyful. They're praising God. These people have found Jesus and they are now on the right path. I generally like what I see. I think I will join this group. Do you see that? And every day their number grew as God added those who were being saved. This is what a church is supposed to look like. They're supposed to be joyful, exuberant praise and powerful, miracle-working prayer and times of gathering together in a crowd and times of meeting together as small groups of friends and all of us as a community learning together, growing together and journeying through life together. It's a school of life. Can you put up the next slide, please? And there are the six things they did. They believed the message and they were baptized. In just a minute, we are going to say a prayer together. It's the same prayer that we said last Sunday, and we're going to do it again next Sunday, all three parts of this message series. We are going to pray a prayer acknowledging to God that He is God, committing our life into His hand, putting our faith fully in Jesus Christ, and asking God to be our guide through life, now and forevermore. And if you've never prayed that prayer before, as we pray that prayer today, you can put your faith in Christ and begin a whole new journey through life. And if you've, if you've been on this journey even for years, as we pray this prayer, you can be making a fresh decision to take the next step in your journey. Are you not as exuberant as you used to be? I'm going to be joyful from now on. I've let prayer slip. I'm going to pray and pray in faith from now on. Yeah, I've not been turning up at church as often as I should. And uh, do you know what? I need to learn. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Not because somebody's told me it. Not, it doesn't say 
And the apostles went on Twitter regularly saying, don't forget we've got a service this Sunday. We didn't see you there last Sunday. Nobody came and said, You're, you sinner, you haven't been at church for four weeks. Now. Nobody did that. Nobody forced them to do these things. They wanted to. They devoted themselves to believing the message and being baptized, gathering in large and small groups, building friendships and having meals together and helping each other, learning from the teaching of Scripture that inspires their faith and makes them pray and miracles happen as a result of prayer, becoming enthusiastic with exuberant joy and praise. Remember that the word enthusiasm comes from the word entheos, which means to have God inside you. If you've got the Spirit of the Lord inside you, you are enthusiastic, aren't you, church? And then it says growth came. The people grew as people, and as they grew, the church grew, and they devoted themselves to these things. I want to challenge every single one today What is the next step that you need to take in your journey of faith? And I want to remind you that Gateway Church is a school of life, that we want to provide all of these things. But it's up to you. You need to make the decision to devote yourself to them. But we provide Sunday services and small groups of all kinds and classes and seminars and teams and ways to serve other people and opportunities to learn to pray and opportunities for other people to pray with you. Whether you want to be baptized um, next week and you can go to the Discover Gateway Wall or whether you want to find out about our youth work and you can go to the Accelerate a station out there in the foyer, or whether you want to find out about our groups and our teams and seminars and classes and ministries, you can go to the interest party in the office and you can be walking about with a hamburger the whole time and a coffee, eating and drinking and fellowshipping with people and making a new friend perhaps and discovering that you are not alone in your journey through life. We're in this together. And we want to continually encourage each other, whatever step we're at, to take the next step in our journey. So let's all stand together. I want to lead us in a prayer. And we're putting this prayer up on the screen. We're going to pray this prayer together. Same one we prayed last week, if you were here. And we're going to acknowledge that our life belongs to God and we're going to put our whole life in His hands, our past, our present, and our future. We're going to invite Jesus Christ and the presence of God's Spirit to come into our lives, maybe for the very first time or maybe in a fresh way, and take our lives and make them into what they should be, and lead us into the future that God has designed for us. So can I encourage you to put your hands out in front of you? Because as we say this prayer, we are receiving these blessings like a gift from God. 
we're going to say we're going to read this prayer we're going to say it at the same time so are we ready church are we ready to go okay let's go let's say it father god i come to you today to give my life to you my past present and future i place it all in your hands I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sins. I believe that he rose again from the dead and is alive forevermore. Today I turn from my sins and place my trust fully in Christ. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me and change me. Let your spirit come into my life and fill me now. From now on, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Help me to live for you all of my days. Thank you for hearing me and saving me.